Welcome to Network Provence with me, Rebecca Ronane. This podcast is for you if you are interested in living, working, holidays and appreciating everything in Provence. We'll be talking networking business, culture, traditions, holidays, food and art, the fun and the serious side, and having lots of interviews with mostly women. Episode 3, A Foraged Home in Provence. In this episode, I'm talking to Joanna McLennan, who is a professional photographer based here in Provence. She works for a variety of international magazines and newspapers. And in 2019, her book, The Forest Home, was published. It's a book dedicated to creating beautiful homes by foraging and salvaging. This interview is about Joanna's own foraged home in Provence. Joanna McLennan, author of The Foraged Home. I'm absolutely fascinated by foraging because I absolutely don't have a clue about it. And I know that you're an expert and you've been all around the world. And plus, now you have your own foraged home. So for someone who doesn't know anything about it, can you tell me a little bit about your foraging journey? Hi, Rebecca. Nice to talk to you today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Yes, my foraging journey. Uh, I think it started uh, really, or rather became more established when I came to Provence. Uh, I watched a film called uh, Glana Glanaise by Agnès Vada, which was a really interesting film about how to forage uh, in France. Uh, foraging really being associated more with food uh, than with what we're going to talk about, which is the foraged home. And it really is the moment when you can forage, when you're allowed to forage in fields, how to forage and everything else. And it was, it was, it really has stayed to me, has stayed with me into, to this day. Uh, the, and when I moved to France, I, I, first of all, I was living with my mother and then I had an apartment in saint Remy, and I, didn't really have a lot of money. I didn't really have a lot of furniture. And I think it started from then. We're so lucky in the south of France that we have flea markets and car boot sales. And I've always been in a family where my mother's done up houses and then uh, one has been finished and we moved on. So I think it's, it's just been there. And then I met Mike, my husband, who uh, is an artist and, has always collected things. When we moved out of my house and we moved in together, I had like one car load and it took us a week to move him out because he had doors, he had wood, he had everything. So for my first flat, it was really finding things that I could um, decorate it with. And, and it comes from something that I do when I'm out and about. I might be going for a walk, I come back with twigs, I go traveling, I come back with shells, I come back with feathers. There's always something, and I think it's something that comes from childhood as well. So it's always been there. Then I did The Forest Home, which is a collection of 
well, not just houses, but uh, upturned boats, apartments, all around the world where people have foraged for items. And it's really interesting. So foraging by the sea, foraging in the, uh, in the woods, uh, foraging in the countryside. And it's really interesting to see how people do it. And I think it's something that we do more and more now because especially this year where it's been so strange, I think going out into nature has been so important. And it's something that we've, um, with building our house, um, our, we built our house this well, this year, and actually we've ended up building it more ourselves uh, because of the situation. And so, find what was really important for me was to find reclaimed items. So, for example, we have the wood in wood floors in our bedroom and bathroom, which has from railway carriages and it was the builder next door who'd done our house who said listen I don't need it but there's a cabin in Nov that's being ripped down and you know uh, we're leveling it out in 24 hours if you would like go and have a look so we went off uh, or rather Mike went off first and came back and said oh my god you'll never believe it it's just the sleepers that you want which are really expensive in reclaimed yards and so we went off in the middle of a July lunchtime and came back with all this wood so this is what we've done in the house we've it's it's really about searching or finding things um, in the flea markets. Le Bon Coin, which is I don't really know the equivalent in England, but in the States it's like Craigslist or I think the Gumtree or something like that, um, where you can find things. People list anything from uh, cars to houses to planks of wood we found things from there we've actually just found a gate that we like the other thing is i, might I was going to say to i was going to say it is quite um well worth remembering that you actually have built a new house and it's not a renovation which sometimes i guess i would have associated bringing those um like you've just mentioned sort of um Re, I can't think of the word for the wooden floors where you look for old wood and things like that. I mean, your house is brand new. So that is also interesting to bring those uh, sort of uh, uh, dimension of oldness into it. It is. I mean, it, uh, we always thought we would live in an old house. It's always something that I or we wanted to do, but uh, budget wise and space wise, it was really hard to find something which had a uh, living space and a workspace. So through, um, it was actually the director of the Musée Estrine, she said, why don't you look in a galliere in, in, and we were like, a galliere? I don't think so. Um, and she said, no, no, look in the zone artisanale. And the zone artisanale, which uh, everything is cheaper uh, as, as, the price of land um, but there are restrictions the restrictions is you have to be an artisan or an artist and the part of the house and the space that you build your workspace is sort of the, you have a limit um, and so we built it we ended up thinking well this might be a good idea I would have loved to have built it um, in an ecological way 
but it's it's just so expensive it's so expensive so the way we thought of doing it was uh having this sort of very contemporary house and having reclaimed materials inside and i think i think it works we the doors that we have or the famous green doors as they've become um uh was something that we'd seen three years ago and they hadn't sold and we bought them from a friend at a much more reduced rate three years later which was fantastic and i think can you just explain a little bit more about those doors for people uh, the door the famous green the famous green doors so the, the 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 doors that we have are between the studio space and um the house um and they must have come they're out they're, they're front doors that they would have come from uh, who knows where but they're 18th century green doors very heavy very big and i think we almost built the house around it or certainly that space um to fit the doors in which has now become slightly iconic um, to our house build. And I think everything has sort of organically grown from there. Uh, that's, that's an interesting, interesting concept that the house has been built around the doors because to have such a large doors in the interior of the house is quite unusual. And um, yes, I rather like the idea of opening the doors on this new uh, concept, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, they're amazing doors. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't know, we just, I, we knew we wanted something there. And I think those doors just, found, they always found us or we knew they were there, which is what has happened with the house. I mean, we're really pleased with the layout because we did it all ourselves. Um, uh, but the kitchen we had a strong idea about it and that's changed and i think living in the space living in a space is good and 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 not good there's a moment when you're like i just want to see it finished i can't live with dust anymore but at the same time it just helps you see a space and see the light in the space because the light is really important to me so the, there's a corridor and instead of just putting in doors they're all old doors there everything that we found um uh, and again these are from a dump um uh or or a house that's fallen down and anything anywhere we can find doors or we get given doors we got given four doors the other day because somebody had them in their house um, and didn't want them anymore but they've all got windows in them and the idea is to keep that light uh going I mean, not as much not not so soundproof but they, they they keep the light in the corridor and it's and it's really nice it works and the great thing about building a house is we saw in the barjac market in the summer which is a big uh brocant these green doors green glass doors which again would have they were really tall i think they were about two and a half meters high which is which was too high for us in fact that they, they didn't fit in so we chopped off one of the the top pane and then actually cut into the wall again which is great when you're building a house because you can just do that yourself um and and we fixed the doors in there and they've now become the doors into our bedroom so everything's changed from sliding doors uh, it's it's great it's really nice to be able to build things like that I think it's um, worth within, um, mentioning that brocante is uh, antiques to people who might not. Antiques, yes. Might, and so, of course, we live in an area which is very famous for antiques, but normally they're more towards the more expensive side. 
in this area of Provence? They are. There's Car, well, Carpentras, which is this, the Sunday market, is a really good one to go to. And when they, three times a year, which hasn't happened this year, in fact, we, there are, because there is no circulation at the moment, there are, there, there isn't that much to find at the moment. It's actually been harder because we've, we haven't got the Italians, we haven't got people coming from Northern Europe, we haven't got the Spanish, the Portuguese. So actually it's really hard at the moment. Uh, we also go to one which is near the airport called Bonfar, and sometimes we find some great things there. Where else do we go? Uh, well, Mike often goes to the déchetterie, which is the, um, the garbage uh, where you take everything. I mean, you're not supposed to, but sometimes we come back with great things. Um, <laughs> it's good to get to know them. Uh, on the side of the road, sometimes people just, which you're also not allowed to do. Um, but they used to many, well, this was a few years ago now, they used to have a day where people could put their um, things outside on the road and then they get picked up by the mairie. That apparently used to be a great moment to go and find things. The other thing is always to stay at the end of a brocante because sometimes people leave things behind because they don't want to take them with them and they put them by the side of the bin. We've found things then. So you uh, two what else are really professional foragers. <laughs> yes well Mike's now yeah we are we are professional it becomes a game and uh, Mike sometimes spends hours looking on Le Bon Coin to to find things um, or the other thing that we do which is really good is to ask builders or when you go to um, I, oh God, I'm trying to think what they're called but the sort of menuiserie the um, carpentry Carpentry, yes, carpentry place. They often have leftover piles of wood, which they're going to burn. So it's quite good to go to those kind of places as well, because sometimes you can get offshoots. We've done that to make uh, shelves, or we got part of a beam from a place in Molages. So we got that for next to nothing, and that was our bed in our old house. I'm not sure we're going to do it for this house yet, but it's. I think you have to do it all the time because you never know. Some weekends you find nothing, other weekends, especially if you go with a specific idea, I find you, you just don't find anything. And then other times you go and you don't expect to find anything and you come back with a car full. So you have um, to have an I, open mind. You do have to have an open mind. Uh, it's, I mean, last week we came back with the baby bath. I think it's a bath or it's like a sitting bath, which has now got the tree in it, the Christmas tree. Uh, what else did we come back with? I mean, often I come back with objects that I want to photograph and then, and then we sell them on. Or other times we come back with something we didn't think we wanted, but looks great in the house. As We've got the tiles by... Our kitchen sink are 18th century old ceramic tiles, um, which was great. So we used them and then sold the rest. Marvellous. Uh, <laughs> I, so I think that what you haven't mentioned is that you are a professional photographer. So with your, and you're a professional photographer of interiors. So you've yes. been inside a lot of houses, a lot of homes, a lot of buildings. Do you think that uh, creativity that you have gives you an eye for 
seeing something and seeing what can be made out of it than perhaps someone like myself who is yes creatively I would put myself on a much um, <laughs> from one to ten a two perhaps <laughs> I think we're all creative uh, I think it's hard it's about letting go sometimes. Uh, I, I, I do think the fact that I have photographed uh, interiors from amazing, uh, amazing places. One of the ones that I had was Atelier Vim in Valabreg, which is just sumptuous and gorgeous, um, to the book, which is anything from an upturned boat in Brittany. Uh, with a table with the legs falling apart and, and, and everything they've collected from the beach on the table. It, it, it does open up. The, I mean, it means that I've just, I have an idea of space. Uh, I have an idea of different uh, interiors. Uh, it, it, it certainly for spatial awareness and for how to decorate it, it I think it's helped. Certainly when we were doing the, the plans for the house and we designed it ourselves, it, I realized it came quite quickly. It was like, I knew what I wanted. We knew what we wanted. And we both have very strong tastes. So although I have photographed a lot of things and I've seen a lot of things, I think we have our own distinguished style, which is great as well, because I think we are often um, drawn to, to what is around us and everything's so visual now. Um, and also, for me, it's an environmental thing. Why do I collect that? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that yeah. environmental um, aspect. Yeah, I think when I did the book, and I think part of the reason why it's a success, um, apart from the lovely photographs and great writing, uh, is the fact and beautiful homes is the fact that there is a there is a message inside. It's not hardcore political message, but the message is, for example, if we talk about something big like IKEA, you know, I don't have anything against IKEA. Um, what I do have against IKEA or the people who sometimes use IKEA is the it's this sort of well you know I don't know what I want there so I'll just go to IKEA and I'll buy a piece of furniture for a couple of months until I find what I want and then I'll just throw it away and I think it's like consumerism of everything and I think these big places like that people use them in the respect of it's only ikea it doesn't cost that much and therefore i'll just buy it and then throw it and i think that's the wrong attitude i think go to ikea because you like something you need it otherwise just wait and i think the message in this book is that you know i don't think it's wrong to sell things in the flea markets and for objects to move on or that we have things that we like and then we move them on or they find another home with someone else but it's really important for me that what we have is is what we want um the i mean the tiles in our kitchen are new um but they're good tiles but it was something important for me to have the all the taps are new mainly because of the old taps have got rust and everything else but i have sourced them and found them and thought about what I'm putting in and I think it's that it's being thoughtful and mindful about your interiors and it isn't it's something that grows with you rather than having to do everything at once this ideal that we 
I want a house and I want it ready. And I, it's, you know, if it takes three months, then I'm just going to put everything in. I think for us doing this project, I've realized it's taken a lot longer than I thought it was, you know, tiling the kitchen floor, which I kind of thought would take three days, took a week. Um, but it's quite nice to wait. And, and I think that's what the important thing is, is think about what you want, think about what you need. Uh, and and I, I think we can all be better with that. You know, I think we all uh, consume things, you know, whether it's clothes, food, I think we should do, I think we should think about our homes in the same way of getting what we want rather than um, just because it's easy to buy. So that is my thought process behind the house mm. or buying things. Well, I think that's probably a nice uh, place to uh, finish this conversation because we could go on forever because it is, a it is a fascinating subject. And I'm thinking all the stories that must be behind lots of the things that you have in your house and the people who have um, used them before you, but including your iconic doors and who's opened them, who's closed them. That's, uh, where did they come from, exactly. And where, did, yeah, where did they come from? <laughs> and all that history in a new place is quite fascinating. So thank you very much, Joanna. And I hope your foraging journey continues. <laughs> it's a real involvement. Yes, I'm sure it will. And I'm sure you'll see it uh, develop uh, online as much as anything else. Um, but yes, no, it is a subject that I'm really passionate about um, and probably could talk for hours and hours. So thank you. It's thank been a you. pleasure talking this morning. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to know more about working with Joanna McLennan, please go to her website, joannamclennan.com. Thanks for listening to me, Rebecca Renane, creator of Network Provence. I'd love you to leave a fabulous review and remember to subscribe to the show. Why not come and join Network Provence and make creative connections? The links are in the show notes. Stay tuned for upcoming, mostly two-weekly episodes. See you soon.